Welcome to The Heart Podcast, a Christian podcast featuring sermons from The Heart Church and impromptu episodes covering a wide variety of topics. We hope you enjoy. Good morning, church. My name is Aaron Jackson. Uh, Good morning and also happy Black History Month. Uh, Yep, it is that time. Of course, I'm I'm proud to to be a Christian and to bear that name and of course, my identity is in Christ, but I'm also proud to bear uh, my brown skin and to honor those who have um, suffered for being black, those who have fought to gain black freedom, and, and of course, those who um, are not black, but who have fought side by side and even behind the scenes for black freedom. You know, of course, black history is American history. Uh, there is no separation there and neither does Jesus sacrifice uh, have separation but he died for all and he is who we are here this morning to worship so amen Uh, let's get started here the name of my uh, little sermon here is Lord of the mystery Lord of the mystery we're going to continue our little um, our our search and search of the book of Ephesians the letter of Ephesians uh, but also in the grander scheme talking about lordship and and reading the book through the lens of lordship so lord of the mystery this morning if you would turn your bibles over to ephesians chapter 3 that's where we're going to be at Um, and as you're turning there you know it's it's hard uh keeping a secret (laughs) isn't it uh has anyone ever had to keep a secret you know and i'm not talking about I'm talking about a good secret. I'm not talking about uh, the the living in secret, the secret life. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the good secret. Uh, but this can be hard. You know, you could just ask my my favorite NFL team, uh, the Washington football team, now the Washington Commanders. Um, <laughs> I know some of you are like, what in the world? We're talking about football again. Oh my goodness. Uh, but bear with me because this this uh, this this little example here sticks. So for the last two years, uh, my what started off as the Washington Redskins, um, of course, they finally, you know, determined that it's not, it's a racist name, we need to get rid of it. So then they spent the next two years figuring out what the name was going to be. They finally figure it out and they, they decide, okay, 2-2-22. So February 2nd, uh, 2022, we're going to have the grand reveal of what the name that had been decided and all of these things. Um, and of course, they spent the last two years trying to hide, trying to mi- get misdirection and, and things like that. Um, but everything kind of became exposed. And it was the night before, the grand reveal was supposed to be the next morning. And lo and behold, all over Twitter and all over the news, uh, a helicopter had flown by the stadium, cameras zoomed in, and boom, there's the name right there, Commanders. Secret was out. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, there's supposed to be some Easter eggs there, things like that. But it was hard. It was hard for them to keep a secret. And in the end, uh, they couldn't do it. <laughs> you know, the, the surprise was spoiled. There we go. Somebody forgot to cover the windows. Um, you know, some of those, may, some people may say that there were some Easter eggs in there, but... Uh, I think we'd know better. They, they just blew it, you know, which happens. Uh, Tom Brady, I'm sure, feels the same way. Wanted to retire on his own, uh, on his own way, but then, boom, the news gets leaked out. 
Uh, he has to come back and say, hey, I haven't decided yet, and then get to come back and say it his way. Okay, yes, I, I am going to retire. It's hard, <laughs> isn't it, to keep a secret sometimes. Um, and as we dig into this, we, we're going to find out through our passage this morning that, that, that God is the Lord uh, of mystery, but mysteries that he wants us, secrets that he wants us to discover. So let's read our passage here. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. I'm going to be reading this morning in the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Um, so if it's new to you or whatever, it's, it's good to kind of expand our horizons and read the Bible in different translations just to be able to, to take our Bible study a little bit deeper and not kind of get stuck in, in one translation, mainly because there is no perfect translation. So it's good to, to expose ourselves in that way. So let's start reading verse 1. Uh, I'm going to start us off here. It says, uh, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, you have, you have heard, haven't you, about the administration of God's grace that he gave to me for you? The mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have briefly written above. By reading this, you are able to understand my insight about the mystery of the Messiah. This was not made known to people in other generations, as it is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and partners of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I was made a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace that, he, uh, that was given to me by the working of his power. So my first point here, uh, we only have one point. We have one point and the three uh, practicals in the end. But my one and only point is the mystery revealed. The mystery revealed. You know, Paul here in this passage uses the word mystery three times within nine verses. And the Greek defines, um, defines this word mystery as a secret that would remain a secret except by revelation. So it would have been remained a secret. But then God revealed this, you know, and this secret was a secret meant to be found out, meant to be searched out. Clues were left all throughout the Old Testament scriptures, you know, and, and the secret revealed was this. God wants all people, all cultures to be saved and in his family. You know, so this mystery, this is the gospel. This is good news. In uh, verses 5 and 6, by way of reminder, uh, Paul said that this was not made known to people in other generations as it is now revealed to his Holy Spirit, to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and partners of the promise in Christ through the gospel. This is the good news. This is the mystery that God is bringing outsiders in bringing outsiders in, bringing those who are on the outskirts, he's bringing them in. You are outside the party, now God's inviting you into the party. But we need clarity on this gospel. We need to be reminded of this. This is what the prophets wrote about thousands of years ago. This is what Jesus died on the cross to bring into reality. This is what the apostles and, and so many disciples uh, throughout history sacrificed their lives uh, to, to reveal this, the outsiders being brought in, this is, is, this is reality. This is the gospel. 
But this good news, although it is good news, it, it doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> it could be a hard reality to get used to. You know, um, having outsiders be family, co-heirs, members, partners, that the whole process is a bit messy, can it? It can be messy. You know, it, thinking about this, it reminded me of, it's kind of like a, a child who, they've been by themselves, they've been the only child for, for a number of time or whatever, and then they, they have a little sibling. They have a younger sibling. You know, and it may sound good at the time, and you're like, okay, um, until you find out, you figure out, oh, wait a minute, like, I have to share. Like, and that reality comes to your mind and you're like, hold on, like, what does this mean? You know, now my, my, I've, I've had my parents' attention, you know, uh, this whole time and now I have to share it with someone else. You know, I've had my, my own toys that I get to play with, but now I have to share those too. You know, I, maybe I have a room, I've had my own room and now I have to share that. And uh, maybe the brother is trying to play with your toys and you're like, man, that's mine. Like I've been able to, you haven't even played with it in a while, but you're like, wait, that's mine. You know, or maybe your little sister is just all in your space and you're like, man, I just need some room. Oh my goodness. And some people love it. They absolutely love that, that sharing of space, sharing of resources. But others, you know, struggle. It's hard. It takes a lot to get used to. You're like, man, I've had this my way for so long. Uh, and now I have to share with someone else, you know? Um, so, but being in the church, it, it can kind of be like this, where having outsiders become family in the church, it means you have to share a few things as well. Just a couple of those things uh, that I wanted to touch on this morning. One is um, being family means having to share your time. You have to share your time. You know, your schedule isn't all about you anymore and what you want to get done and what you want to do, but it's about sharing that time and giving some of that time away to, to pray with other people or for other people, giving that time away to, 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 to share scriptures um, or encouragement or think about how I, we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Now we're sharing our time, uh, which can be different. You know, it takes some getting used to, um, but it's part of the gospel. It's part of this good news of what it means to bring outsiders in. Um, another thing we have to share, uh, it means sharing your radio station, your radio station. You know, uh, some things are sacred. Some things are sacred, like, ra like the radio in, in Tim's SUV. <laughs> So there was one day, Mr. Blake was giving me a ride home. Can't even remember where we were coming home from or what we were doing, but all I remember is we were in the car. Um, we were the tell you ride. We were we were having a just a great conversation, and, um, and you know, but but the music was a little high. It was a little loud, so I, I couldn't you know fully hear you know all the things I wanted to hear, fully engage in the conversation as I wanted to. So. I reached out my hand and I turned the radio, the volume down a little bit and <laughs> your boy Tim stopped mid-sentence, just stopped, gave me a look that I, I, I can't even, I'm not even going to try it because I don't even want to, I can't even do it justice, you know, the kind of look that he gave me and, and just looked at me, didn't say anything and I'm like, 
okay? So I was like, oh, is it because I touched, is it because I turned the volume down? And he says something along the lines of, don't ever touch someone else's radio, you know? And I, and I, and I, and I laughed, you know, I couldn't help but laugh. Uh, but the point was take it, you know, this was something sacred. Now, something cool. All right, so what I want us to do is in the chat, uh, I would love to see what side are you guys on, you know? Is, is there ever a reason to, to touch someone else's radio? If you're on my side, I want you to type it Aaron in the chat. And, uh, and if you're on Tim's side, where you're like, there is no reason whatsoever that you should ever touch someone else's radio, then type in Tim in the chat. I would love to hear uh, kind of where people are in debate and stuff. Uh, but, but anyway, but there's some things that are sacred. Some things that are sacred, and, and it can be hard to share even our, our, our music, or uh, to bring this example to our church, it can be hard to share the worship. And because we've had our sacred times together for so long, or maybe on our own, the things that we connect with and the songs that we connect with and the music that, that means so much to us because of experiences or how we grew up or uh, some amazing king, kingdom memories, um, you know, happen through music and through song. So we can value these things and, and maybe we can, we can have opinions on when things differ from that. Like, maybe this song is too slow, you know, or they're not doing it right, or this song is too fast, or, or there's too much box drum, you know, thanks, come on, Des Moines, you know, or, or maybe there's not enough Susan on the keys behind around the guitar, or maybe it's, I don't even know this song, and it can be hard to give ourselves, it can be hard to share uh, even that, that worship space, um, but this is part of the good news that we get to share all of these things. We get to be a part of a diverse group and, and worship isn't just yours anymore. When you come to church, we're coming there to give, to, to sing with all our hearts, to fellowship, to, to love one another. You know, we have our own time at home to really worship in, in all the ways that we want to. And I really encourage you, my wife does a fantastic job of this. And I know others of you do as well, um, of like, I'm gonna get my own worship in at home, it's part of my quiet times. I do this every day, I was like riding my car. But we do that to fill ourselves up so that when we come to church, we're ready to give. We're ready to share, even that space as well. Now it doesn't mean that we're not gonna sing any songs you like, but they're in any given service, because we have um, a diverse family, it means that, that our services should be just as diverse as well. The music should be just as diverse. The way we, we structure church should be uh, even a little bit diverse there. Uh, the Bible and God gives us freedom and flexibility uh, to, to do these things. But let me tell you another secret though uh, about this diversity and, and outsiders coming in. When we embrace diversity, it actually helps us to be able to relate more to other people. So it actually helps us. The church and the diversity of the church actually equips us to, to better minister to, to people, to better reach out to people that have different backgrounds than ourselves. Because we've had conversations with our other brothers and sisters. We, we've, we've asked questions, we've gotten to know them, and we have more of an understanding and appreciation, even though it's not our, it may not have been our own experiences but it opens us up to be able to help other people uh, out as well from all different sorts of backgrounds. And we also, you know, as we think about this 
you know, becoming family and the Lord of the ministry, Lord of the mystery, and and how how God wants everyone, all cultures, to be part of the family. We got to remember that this was revolutionary for the Jews, for them to think I have to share God with the Gentiles, or even share space, physical space with the Gentiles was revolutionary, and, and it took God. It, it, all of Jesus's ministry, you know, according Old Testament passages stuff, we got trying to prepare those nuggets there, those Easter eggs, so to speak. All of Jesus's ministry, um, and, and then even after Jesus's ministry, all the way up until Acts ten, they were they were just still reaching out to the Jews, and then God had to work miracle uh, through Peter to even open his eyes to, you know, God's promise, this this gospel. You know, it actually extends farther than you think, you know, farther than you can wrap your mind around now. And in Acts 10, verse 34 and 35, Peter, um, God's been, he's, read the whole chapter for yourself and stuff, it's fantastic. But let's read the conclusion that Peter came to um, in terms of accepting the, the Gentiles around him as well. But in verse 34, it says this, Peter says this, Now I really understand that God doesn't show favoritism. But in every nation, the person who fears him and does righteousness is acceptable to him. This is the conclusion. This is the good news. Even those outsiders, God welcomes in to be family. And let's be honest, you know, um, I've only been up here in the Northeast for a year and a few months, uh, but I know, I know this is absolutely true in the South. You know, I, I've seen, uh, and I'm not saying this for personal sympathy, um, this is a common um, experience for people in the minority, wherever that is. But I've seen the aversion that some people have had around, being around a person of color, the, the awkwardness that they feel, you know? And, and if that's your background, where you're just not used to being around minorities and stuff, um, you know, thank you for being here. You know, God is calling you to, to expand the good news in your mind. Um, but just like God told Peter, he said, don't call anything unclean that I have made clean. But I've also seen uh, this aversion to my, to my physical appearance. Uh, by people of Asian descent, you know, and, and even other black people as well. And what this tells me is that no culture is immune to this. But God is calling all cultures to be family. God is calling all cultures to be family. The fact that this is possible under one roof, the solution of the world is let's divide up by likeness. You know, we'll have a black church, we'll have a Hispanic church, we'll have an Asian church, we'll have a, you know, Jamaican church, we'll have a Caribbean church, we'll have, like, that's the world's solution. But what's the miracle and the good news in action is all these different diverse backgrounds being able to come together in under one roof and to be able to be family. That's the miracle. That's the good news. That's the gospel. The gospel is that we are not perfect but we are family. We are different, but we are family. We don't all look the same, but we're family. We don't all like the same things, but we are family. Amen.
The mystery revealed is the gospel, that all can be family. And that is the good news. So what do we do with this good news? This is where we'll close out with three practicals here. First practical is uh, to become, become a prisoner. Become a prisoner. We'll just go there. In verse 1, Paul says this. Uh, he, he called himself a prisoner of Christ on behalf of the Gentiles. So a question that, that, that I asked myself putting together this lesson is, who am I a prisoner of the Lord to? Or, or who or where is my ministry? God is calling all of us to, to be a prisoner on behalf of some other community. And it's on us to figure out, kind of pray about, and open our eyes to see that community that, that, that God wants us to be a blessing in. And I'm not just talking about evangelism here. Because Paul right now is writing this to Christians. But it's part of it's our blessing and our responsibility as disciples, not only to share the gospel with those who, who don't believe, but to also help those who have already accepted this gospel. You know, as a staff, uh, we, we read a book um, called 8 to 15, uh, The World is Smaller Than You Know. Uh, and the main idea is that God is giving you a sphere of influence uh, around 8 to 15 relationships close to you that, that you specifically can have great impact in. For some, it may be more. For some, it may feel like you have a little bit less. But everyone has a sphere of influence, a circle of people around them who actually want to hear what you have to say and who would receive words from your mouth a whole lot better than they would receive from some stranger. Together, we can change the world. But as this book says, there's a quote in here that says, changing the world starts by changing our world. What that means is together collectively, we can change the whole world even if by just influencing our small little part of it and there's going to be some sections to overlap and overlap but if every disciple you know really loved and was a blessing and reached out to and served their their own little oikos that's the the greek word that's used there um but if we just served our extended family those who are around in our little community then we could have great impact that reverberates all over the world so the first little practical is to become a prisoner to your little community, be committed to it, pray for them, you know, invite them, have conversations, plant those seeds of love and, and relationship, uh, but become a slave. Um, secondly, love until it clicks. Love until it clicks. In verse three, Paul says that God made known to me by revelation. You know, we've all had moments of revelation or little aha moments where things just clicked for us, and we understood our place before God, we understood our need for a savior, uh, but we gained this insight by other people and through other people helping us connect some of these dots. And now we get to do that for other people. We get to love others until it clicks for them. You know, for some, the click happens quickly. Just life circumstances, where the person is, just allows them 
to, you know, you share one scripture and that brother's just like, oh, I get it. I understand. I'm ready to repent. You know, I don't know what I've been doing this whole time to which other people are like, man, we've been telling you this for years, you know, but, but it wasn't because of your wise and persuasive words. It was because God made the revelation when he needed it at the time that he would be most receptive. And God used all those previous conversations to till the soil of his heart so that at that particular time, you could come in and be the last puzzle piece being put into place that would just get everything to click right into place. You know, for others, it's going to take time. And we need to patiently love them until it clicks. You know, we have to grow as a church, as a movement, um, in how we help the weak. You know, there's a difference between someone who's rebellious and I refuse to do what God says versus someone who's just weak in their faith, struggling, or like Galatians 6 says, caught in sin. They're stuck. They're trapped. They may try to get out, but they're hurting. Or maybe they tried so long that they just get given up. We have to love until it clicks. For some people, it's going to take time for them to get enough trust to open up or to come out to some event or to study the Bible. But we have to love them until it clicks. Our actions do not change no matter where people come from. We love them until it clicks. We love until God makes it known to them. So the first practical was to become a prisoner. Then we love until it clicks. And lastly, we pray for each other's ministries. Fast forwarding a little bit to Ephesians 6, verses 19 through 20, Paul says this. He says, Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this, I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough in him to speak as I should. You know, each family group needs the prayers of the other family groups. You know, the, the teens need the prayers of the campus. The singles, the single professionals, they need the prayers of, of the marrieds. Those who are older in the faith need the prayers of those who are younger. We all need each other and need to be praying for one another praying for, for boldness, praying uh, for God to help us open our mouths, pray, praying for, for, uh, for us to boldly make known the mystery of the gospel, the good, 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 good news. I want to close out with a blessing. May the Lord grant you clarity of the gospel for personal peace and continuous celebration May he also grant you the conviction to, to be an ambassador, speaking and being an example of this gospel. May God grant us all the boldness to open our mouths and share his words of good news and, and the patience and to bless us with the patience to, to be a blessing to all he places in our paths. I love you, church. Amen and amen. Let's let Jesus and let's let God be the Lord of this mystery, of this good news of the gospel. Love you, church. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Heart Podcast. To learn more about The Heart, 
visit us online at hartfordchurch.org.